for guys reg- regularly, man, I don't get the opportunity to, to guys to interview guys that I admire, the guys that I look up to, the guys that man is doing it so good in this in this business. But man, man, this guy, brother, you guys might know him, man. He's a great guy in the community. He's a great guy in New Orleans. Played at LSU. He was on two on the national championship team and a Super Bowl team with the Saints. And yeah, brother. Oh yeah, he the real deal, man. He the real deal, man. You might know him from the radio. Uh, hello, somebody, man. They Mr. Marlon favorite, man. Hey, man, how you doing, brother? Oh, all is well, brother. Thanks, Kev, for having me on. It's a blessing to come on your show. Uh, hello, somebody. <laughs> I love it, brother. I love it, man. I love it, man. Everything's going on in the. In the, in the uh, I want to throw something to you that I know what's going on in the community, brother. Everything's going on. They got some craziness going on in the world, but some of the things, coach, and one of the one of the things I want to hit you up with is the NASCAR. That's the first thing because it's the most up to date. How do you feel, coach, about the NASCAR taking some of the Confederate stuff down and them going forward with trying to make a more inclusive place to be for 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 their sport, coach? How do you feel about that? Well, I think it's a big step in a long process. Um, what we're trying to do for equality and changing the face and the mode of our of our country. So, I mean, big ups to Bubba Watson, uh, the forefront. I saw his car with the with the two hands, the black and the white hand, representing unity. And them taking the first big step of taking the flag down is huge. Uh, this was once an issue at LSU back in 2005, right after the right after Hurricane Katrina hit. Uh, this was a big deal, and I remember our African-American student body standing up for us. Yeah. And us players, you know, in a position where we were a little nervous to speak our mind. So, right. Uh, because of you p- could potentially lose your scholarship or uh, lose your stance on the field, so a lot of guys just kept their mouth closed. But, you know, we're in a new day now, so big up to NASCAR for uh, taking that huge step. Yes, and it was a big step forward is being inclusive and, and allowing African Americans if they would stay if they stay at bay, now they feel like they could go into a, a place of equality and look at that sport different and then maybe come out. I heard I saw your tweets where a couple of your buddies was like, Hey man, now nah, I, I think I'm gonna go to a couple of NASCAR events. You know, they was just they feel yeah. comfortable <laughs> by going there now. So that's a that's a big step for them, Coach. So being in the Huge city, with, yes, sir, yes, sir. Being in the city with Drew Brees, you heard about what he said, and um, you played with the Saints. And see, this is a difference, and I love talking to you because you you right there with it, Coach. How do you feel about the Drew, Drew Brees, the situation, and, and what he said, and going forward, how 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 would that team kind of bounce back from that? Well, what he said, it uh, it didn't surprise me. Um, I, I wasn't, I was a bit disappointed. Um, and Drew in his initial comment, you know how we are in our community, you know, once somebody says something for the first time, believe them. Um, right. But I can also remain optimistic and, and, and believe that Drew, Drew can make a change. See, my whole issue with it from the beginning is this is something Colin Kaepernick has been screaming since 2016. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for Drew to... Oh my gosh, this is what's going on. So I, and I jokingly said this on, uh, on a podcast earlier today. I said he must have hired the real Olivia Pope from the TV show Scandal. Yes. Because they were on top <laughs> of it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they call it like a crisis prevention team or, you know, conflict resolution. Like they call it something like them. They was on top of it, man. They really were. Coach, something, something went on. 
but it, it's going to take time uh, to see exactly where his heart is. Uh, being his formal teammate, I don't think, like, Drew isn't a bad guy. This is what the real is. Now in America, because of the pandemic, because of, you know, everybody paying attention, what we've been screaming the whole time is finally being brought to life. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just glad that the powers to be self-interest are being challenged and, uh, and being held accountable for. So it, it, it's that point where I think we're at a shift. I think we're at a change in, in, in our world, particularly sports being the forefront to it. So what Drew right. Brees did was big. I mean, he, he flat out said, President Trump, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is yeah. so we we actually needed that because yeah, again, when did. an African American player says something, oh, he's a bad guy, like they tried to make cap out of, not knowing the full story of a soldier told him to kneel as opposed to sitting down. So hopefully, this is I'll remain optimistic, but hopefully, this this is the beginning to a whole lot of change. So shout out to NASCAR. Yes, yes, and that, they they're the ones that taking the first step. And it's going to take the NFL uh, going forward, Coach. And knowing, and then we're talking about taking stands. Where do you see the NFL? I had on one of my shows this morning. I do like a morning drive where I talk about my thoughts. And then I have my podcast that I do. But I was talking about the NFL's, uh, the collective bargaining agreement, the opportunities the NFL had. Now they have to go back to the table and make some um, make some, you know, some, some things, do some things and in the books and actually in the, in the parameters of the NFL. What do you think the NFL needs to do as a whole to kind of go forward? And because he, you know, he said the commissioner came forward. He said he made his statement. The NFL Players Association says the NFL has done a poor job, which is they can't blame them because the players voted on it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's go, it goes both ways. So how do you feel about the NFL fans and what they should do going forward? Well, I do think that they should have a lot of change within. It's still a lot of racial injustice, a lot of prejudice, a lot of what they call blackballing going on in the NFL right now. I've experienced this as a player. I'm pretty sure as a player you may have seen or experienced this as well. That needs to change. Um, It's okay for a business to think one athlete is better or, or a better fit for their system or their scheme than the other. But for when... You try to, you know, blackball guys for stuff that they may go through personally, uh, right. things that, that, that may actually be going on. Uh, you know, I literally got, uh, well, team attempted to blackball me for my personality. You know, saying yeah. I was a showboat and, you know, in my opinion, that was false. But at the very end of the day, when it, 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 it we do need to fix the slave-like mentality in right. the NFL and that slave-like field structure in there, the house Negro and the the, uh, the field Negro, that still exists inside the tunnels. So I think the NFL, we need more diversity in the front offices across the league. We need more diversity. I know we have the, the Roni rule, a uh, big right. thing going on, you know, having right. to hire more minority coaches. So I do, right. like, again, it's small steps. I, I've noticed last year, my entire 2019 I worked with the NFL a lot through the broadcast boot camp, also through the NFL network, and then traveling on behalf of the NFL to London for Sky Sports and even the Super Bowl. That was all credit to the NFL. Wow. Uh, right. no, noticing a talented 
a young guy in his profession and he was a part of uh, the fraternity at some point. So I do right. think, in my opinion, that was a huge step to what could be uh, a lot of change internally. And then secondly, we do have to be at the forefront of the injustice and the racism and the police brutality that goes on um, across the world, particularly in, in America. Because um, yeah. sports, we don't have that. We don't have that that deal inside inside the locker room. You know that. You know everybody oh, yeah. gets along, so right. uh, the world can learn from that. Right, and they, they can learn from the NFL. And 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 I have I have a couple of stands and and about athletes taking the forefront. And I have I made some some statements, but I want to hear from you, brother, because I want to be right. And I want to be, I always want to want to lead these young players into the right direction. But I, I have some feelings about um, the NFL and, and about guys in a player uh, leading the charge and, and being being martyrs and being going into being activists. Um, I feel like the guys still have to, to worry about their families and their own families too. But I think if, they, if they're on the side of righteousness, I think they need to do it from their heart. But I think they should know that it is a job. It is the NFL. It's their NFL. They don't own it, but they should. They should abide by the rules. They do have to go to work. It is a job, but they have to speak on the side of righteousness, and God will take care of them. So, how do you feel about guys um, speaking on some of these issues and, and they putting athletes in the forefront? Where I think it should be politicians. It should be the people that we pay and the community service. And they 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 pushing the athletes to the forefront. And I think it should be people that we paid and we voted for in the forefront. How do you feel about that? Well, everything starts with leadership and, you know, us taking our leadership principles from the locker room um, in the organization and, and, and implementing them in society could help leadership. So what, what I'm starting to see right now is pressure on leadership to make change. Yeah. So again, the athletes, to your point, the athletes can't, they're not the politicians. They're not career politicians. We're athletes, but yeah. society looks up to us. Think yeah, about yeah. it like this. At a football game, yeah. it's a whole lot of people, thousands of people from yeah. all walks of life. Everyone yeah. is getting along. Why? Because there's one common goal. Yeah. The one common goal is you're rooting for your team. You know, the enemy's yeah. on the other side. It gives you the opportunity to have another enemy in this yeah, other right. team, but at the end, it's all love. Uh, yeah. I can remember during the broadcast for the Clemson uh, LSU game, uh, we were messing with these Clemson fans, and we started to beat them real bad, right? So they were talking all kind of trash at the beginning of the game. <laughs> right, 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 but at right, the end, right. He was mad. That guy was mad, but it was all fun because it's all yeah. competition. It's, it's all yeah. love at the very yeah. end of the day. It wasn't personal. Yeah, it's like I don't personally like you. I like you, brother. You're a good, you're a good guy. You know, you're a good guy. Right. Exactly. So if we can learn, if we can have this one common goal and one in one thing in common, we're all a part of the human race. So right. that's that's the truth. So if, if everyone, let's be honest, white supremacy uh, exists in America. That's the problem yeah. what's going on right now. Yeah. But if we're all able to get on one side, and as Martin Luther King said it, not to judge a man by his appearance, but by his character and his ability. So once we get to that point, and I and I see the shift. Like you look at these protests. Hey, this isn't nothing new. You have, as you mentioned, players are becoming activists now, right? Yes, this isn't yes, nothing new. We we saw this before. Muhammad Ali. We saw yes. it with Jesse Owens and Jim Brown, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. 
Yeah. It's the yeah. same deal. We saw Mike Tight, I mean Mike Michael Jordan tiptoe over it and but he finally comes out and puts up a hundred million dollars towards uh yeah. fixing that part. So I mean it's it's really it's a shift going on and quite frankly it's a perfect storm. This is the difference, right? You have a rebellious leader in our yeah. president, right? Yeah. He doesn't care. He he he's he, he, he's just running it. You have you have a pandemic going on. So it's no yeah. distractions, it's no sports. Everybody's yeah. paying attention to everything. That's right. where the shift happens because everybody and it still hurts me to the core to even just fathom going through um this if this could have been on the other side, but everybody saw George Floyd scream for his mom. Yeah. Fight for his life. Yeah. There was no distractions, there was no sweeping under the rug. So you know, right. I encourage everyone, everybody, let's continue to bring truth to power, but at the same time, stand up for what's right and don't take our gas off the pedal until real change happens uh, in, in our in the in our uh, <clears throat> excuse me in our society and the way things are structured. We need uh, systemic change ASAP. Right, and and it's, it's coming. I believe change is coming, and if I, I don't, if, if it's not going to happen in our generation. You know, you, I'm 40, man. I'm 40, you know, 46. And, you know, I do, I know it's going to be a spark. And I at least want my grandkids to know that I left them something that they can, they can spark and they can take it further. So if it doesn't happen in this generation, I don't see it. I at least want it to be the spark where the next generation can come behind us and they can say, they can pick up the torch and they can pick it up and run with it. And that's what, you know, my last, my last days and my last, my last, you know, my last dance and your last dance. You know, because that's, you know, we fought it, brother. We ain't got many more left. <laughs> well, hey, man, don't add too many years on me. I, I'm 33. Right, right, right. Good young brother, man. Good strong young yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 33. But I, I feel it, though. I'm getting up there. You're right, man. I have a 16-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 1-year-old. And yeah. I'm going to yeah. go hard right now to make sure that it's not like this for them. Like, I can remember yeah. my, my father, and he still to this day, uh, talk to me about these things that go on and on in society and this is the same stuff they went through in the 60s so that's right. why I'm glad that not only are we protesting but we're, we're putting truth to power and to be right. quite honest with you hey you saw all the dollars in that uh, Black Lives Matter video that the NFL did with the players right, saw, right. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah the power. Hey, check oh, that yeah, pocket hello somebody yeah <laughs> there it is the money let you know baby <laughs> the money let you know man so what are some of the things, man? I know, and that's what me and me and a lot of my buddies are talking about these days, having a tough conversation. And and some and, and so what are some of the tough conversations that you're telling some of your white counterparts and your white friends? Uh, what are some of the the things that you're telling them about uh, about racism, about how they should go forward and what they should do? What are some of the things that you're doing uh, with them and telling them they should do and they, should, they can help the situation? Well, I, the first thing I tell them is to educate yourself. I think, you know, coming up, a lot of our white counterparts, they went to all the regular school, right? You know, we know about the Department of Education and learning about Christopher Columbus and, you know, every image you see in the, the history books, it's, it's, it's uh, white Americans who are so socially our heroes. You look at religion, every every picture you see of Jesus, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a man... Uh, that doesn't have any melanin in the skin. So I think now with the internet 
And that's why we're starting to see a lot of change as well. Information technology has, has really came a very long way. Um, and it's important too. Like I'm literally looking at videos and even I, I posted some, some, uh, I don't usually get into these things, but I got to a point now. I think it's super important as a journalist, particularly a black journalist to talk yes. about some of these issues that, that goes on and yes, bring sir. truth to power. And I just look yes, at some of the comments, oh, you know, I have black friends or, you know, this and that. And the one guy um, in, in one of the comments, he had put up Jane Elliott, Blue-Eyed Brown-Eyed. Blue-Eyed Brown-Eyed, yes. yes. And had asked the, the white folks in the, in the text to go watch this and study. You need more of that because it, it, it's, it's been a, it's an evolving system. That never changed, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, Slavery sir. ends. Then here comes Jim Crow. Along with Jim Crow comes segregation, fighting for civil rights. Then it's the war on drugs, aka the war on black people. Then it's the war right. on terror, aka the war on brown people. Then right. it's the war on police brutality and building walls. It's always something. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. keeping and the right. black, brown, and indigenous people always and on the bad end of the stick. Right. So, you know, it's a numbers game. Majority of the folks that, that live in America, 64% of Americans are Caucasian. So, you know, that's why the NFL usually yields to what the majority wants because the majority is white. But the majority of the product out there is African-American. When you take that 70% of what we make up of the NFL, you have right. the product. So we have to right. find a middle ground. We have to understand. And I see a change. That, that percentage... That I'm saying that's Caucasian, from my eyes, I see maybe 40 to 55% of those people um, are fighting for our injustice. That's the difference, too. Like, you yes. have more um, Caucasian Americans out there fighting. Like, we're, and you look at the protest, we're not the ones out there protesting. No. We're trying to stay safe and keep living. And, and now right. that you have folks in positions of power that's not looking at color, we're right. looking at um, right. right and wrong, what's morally right, I think that's where the shift comes in as well. Right, and that's where we're gonna we're gonna succeed. And I, you know, I'm a big listener on everybody. I study from everybody. Jane Elliott, uh, you know, WDVD Du Bois, uh, you know, everybody that yep. you know, Minister Farrakhan, everybody. I study anybody who's allowed, and he says something as well. For us to be liberated and for us to make a change in this thing, it has to be white Americans telling their white brothers to stop hitting white black folks over the head stop treating them like that stop with the inequality stop start with the injustice and stop with all that it's going to be them on the picket line and us sitting down and saying can you help us that's when it's going to change and i think that's where we are because you look at the black lives matter you look at all that i see a lot of people that are on my color that are out there on the front lines and that that's what's going to break bring a lot of awareness to the cause and a lot of change but we tried to change, brother. We tried to change since 1920, from 30, from you know, we with the bus boycotts and the, all the stuff that you named, sit-ins and the shut-ins and the and you get it, the Equal Rights Act and the Voters Act, and we've tried everything possible we can. But now it's going to be them to save us and to take us in another different generation. It's up to white people, man. It's up to white America to really help us to change um, injustice. It's going to be them, brother. It's not going to be us. I'm going to just tell you. For sure, it, it is that, and we do have to continue to flex our power because we make up the majority of the NFL as well. 
So yes. being able to, like yes. that video with Tyron and Patrick Peterson and Michael Thomas speaking powerful. up about this tournament, how powerful. Yes. So we, we do have to understand um, the, the power that we have. I, I've been, this is my first time speaking like this as a journalist. Ever. Right. Like, I've never speak this openly before because you yes. don't want the power to be to hear it and then they hear it and then you can potentially get blackballed from your career. Well, look I at, have a family yeah. yeah, you got a family. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, like, right. So that's Jamel Hill now, and you know? yeah, her. He got she got put off ESPN for her for thought her thoughts. And she ended up leaving ESPN and doing her own thing. But Jamel Hill, I mean she she was a very strong, she had strong opinions on race. And I think they owe that lady apology. They really owe her an apology, man. They really ESPN owes her or, or something uh, 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 to say that hey, we we started for, for that. You were all she was saying a lot of stuff at the time, and, and people they didn't recognize it. But now it's coming to the forefront, and she's on a whole other platform. I think the Atlantic, uh, some some Atlantic Chronicle, something like that, one of the uh, newspapers and um, blogs that she's on. But you know, like she did a great job speaking to power, man. She really did. It, it cost she her. She did, man. Yeah, it cost her, but you know she she's gonna get her just deserves. I think. I think she's gonna come back around for her. So, but tell she, us a little bit about. It. Yeah, bro, she really does, man. So tell us about what you got going on, brother. I want to put some light on what you're doing. I want to put some light on you. I know you you got your your, your iHeart Radio. You got your In the Trenches broadcast. You got your um, ConquerSportsPros dot com. Your own your site. So tell us a little bit about you, brother, and what you got going on. Uh, going forward, so my listeners and you know other people in my circles could know and follow you. We follow you, Broderick Fowler. We follow you, my brother. He's my brother. He introduced me to you, so you know I got to shout him out. <laughs> no, man, shout out to Broderick, man, my boy Q and Kev. Yeah. Thanks so, so much for having me on, man. Uh, yes, allowing me to spend some time on your platform with your listeners, but yes, they sir. can follow me at Big Stage Five Zero Four on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, wherever there are podcasts, you can go get Inside the Trenches with Marlon Favorite, iHeartRadio, iTunes. And uh, I'm just, we're just uh, in off season. Of course, we're in phase one, going into phase two now here in the New Orleans area. So we have a few of our athletes that we're training right now, including uh, Q's little brother, Chauncey. He's been yeah. in the second game with us. It was a small group training with the linemen. So yeah. just working yeah. conference sports, man. And, uh, partnering with like Sky Sports, NFL Network, and, and doing different broadcasts. So, man, let's keep this thing going, man. And thanks again for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate you being on, man. And any words of wisdom to a young brother like me, just get into this thing. Who I admire you, You're younger than me, brother, but I really admire you, and I really I'm a fan of yours too. I'm a fan of your, your work. But any any words of wisdom for someone like me about how how we should go about this thing? And that's what I asked Project. I said, Project, man, I'm kind of. I'm kind of getting discouraged, and he was like, no, bro, I got to let you hook you with my boy, and then we're going to go from there. You know what I'm saying? He, he just kept encouraging me. But what can you do to encourage people like me and other people that look like me um, who wants to kind of, you know, who, who thinking about this platforms and, and broadcasting and journalism and stuff like that? What can you help them with? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing more than anything is consistency. Uh, just constantly, consistently putting out good content, uh visuals, audios, just constantly doing everything you can, utilizing the social network to, to its full potential, the podcast, YouTube channels, uh, stuff I'm revamping right now. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, for guys who are formal NFL players that want to get involved in this and do this, 
Um, I'll walk them straight through the steps that I went through. Um, and, and that's even you uh, going to the NFL broadcast boot camp. I had already put a lot of miles in doing CST and, and doing the LSU Sports Network. But going there and, and really displaying uh, my talent in front of, 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 the, of the talent uh, directors really helped. But I think <clears throat> more than anything else, it's kind of like scouting with, with the high school students. You know, getting your, your sizzle reels out there to the different folks. The emails are online. You can get their, their emails and shoot them over some of your stuff and say, hey, I'm interested in coming on your show. I think the more consistently you, you do that and the more proactive folks are, uh, they'll see themselves really, really uh, excel in this business. It took me five years just to get to this point, and I'm still yeah, fighting. Yeah, Roger was telling me. Yeah, Roger was telling me. He told me about your yeah, fight, brother. You, you, you clawed and scratched your way to the top, man. <laughs> right. And, we, and I'm going to keep doing it, man, because you're going to be next to do it, and then the next brother, and then the next brother. So information is everything. So I think the more you research and, you know, hit up some of these uh, talent producers and stuff like that with ESPNs in the world, send them your sizzle reel, man, your audio, your shows, your... I think the biggest thing, too, along with having good content, is making sure you have your audios and your videos so yeah. they can see you. And, yeah. and then keep getting guests on your shows and just creating great content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, that, that meant a lot, brother. That meant a lot to me to hear that from you, man, because... Uh, you, you're so you're so genuine, man, and you're so compassionate, and that means a lot to me, brother. Because a lot of brothers they don't they don't they don't they don't help you, brother. They don't. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I was fortunate with Gumbo Sports for them to let me on their platform, but brother, I was in the mud, man. I'm right here, and you know, in Baton Rouge, and yeah, ESPN, you know, 104.5 ain't calling me, but they ain't knocking on my door. So I had to, you know, I had to create something, you know, out of nothing. I had to create something out the air and with, with Roger's help, you know, with my buddies and my friends, man. I had to kind of get it out the mud, man. So but you appreciate it when you get out the mud. That's what Roger told me, man. You appreciate it more when it come out the mud. So, man, we thank you, man. I thank you for everything you did for me today and coming on, man. I really do, man. God bless you, brother. God bless Kevin. Remember, man, you own everything. You got the platform. Remember, we got our podcast and stuff like that. Your following right. controls everything. Hello. Right. Yeah, hello, Sonia. I love that saying. That's that boy, you made me fire, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, bro. I, I, I hear it, I'm fine, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. God bless you, man. Take care. God bless you, brother. Thanks for your time. All right.